Hello, it's Eric Erickson here, Atlanta's Evening News on WSB. The phone number 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. Real quick, this is important. Clark Howard, he's doing a midsummer habitat build in Atlanta. Needs you, the WSB listeners, to volunteer to help him build a house for habitat. Uh, so you can come hang out with Clark. You can get information. You can volunteer at WSBRadio.com. Please do that. It is a great opportunity. Clark is on a cruise this week. I actually texted him last night, and he was they were docked somewhere. He said he had cell service. Um, and then he would check in with me on Wednesday to see how it went. I, I got a letter in the mail. Someone took out a loan in my name, but they didn't complete the application. And so PNC Bank was telling them to please check in and complete your paperwork. Uh, <laughs> uh, this is a problem. This is a problem. So Clark is gone till Wednesday. So Chris Burns, if you're listening, I need help. <laughs> okay. Now we, I listen, I, I gotta, I gotta deal with this immigration story a little more. I, yesterday we had a caller who called in uh, Chris and Chris wanted to make a statement and I knew he was wrong and I didn't want to embarrass him by correcting him on air. So I didn't. So Chris got mad and he went over to Facebook and he said basically, um, I think his exact words were, uh, you ignorant fat ginger, uh, do your homework or something like that. <laughs> fat ginger. Uh, yeah, Chris was very upset. Um, and I, I, I tried desperately not to embarrass Chris on, on radio by correcting him, but I need to set this straight. I figure if there's one idiot out there who thinks this, there are probably several dozen idiots out there who think this, and we need to correct the record because, uh, most of you probably did not go to law school, let alone have international law. And Hey, guess who took the international law elective with the British professor? Uh, yeah, that would be this guy. So Chris believes, and I guess some of you believe, and maybe this is on Hannity or something, that uh, there is an international law that says the first nation an asylum seeker stops in is where they have to seek refugee status or seek asylum status, first nation asylum seeking. Uh, The European Union, as a matter of fact, a year or so ago issued a ruling basically saying this, that as uh, refugees were streaming across out of Syria and the Middle East and uh, climbing the mountains and and crisscrossing the oceans to get into Europe for safe haven, the European Commission and the EU Court of Justice ruled that you have to seek asylum under international law in the first nation you come to. So so the genius Chris and others are looking at Mexico saying, hey, they're supposed to stop in Mexico. Mexico is where they're supposed to stop. Why are they coming here? They should stop in Mexico. That's the first nation they get to. If, if you're in that triangle of Guatemala, Honduras, Ecuador, you, you go there. Well, except international law isn't as easy as Wikipedia makes it out to be nor as certain other talk show hosts might make it out to be. It's actually more complicated than that. And so to disabuse all of you, and including genius Chris, who read something on the Internet and suddenly thinks he's smart, let, let me break this down for you. Um, yes, international law says that you are supposed to seek asylum in the first nation you get to. Uh, one of the problems with that is uh, refoulement. Uh, some people call it refoulement. It's refoulement, uh, unless you're in France, and then it's uh, refoulement. And what it is, is uh, returning refugees to their home countries. And you do not have to seek asylum in the first country you come to. If it is uh, practices refoulement, you go to the first country that is a non-refoulement state, and that's where you seek asylum. Now, what does this mean? That it means sending people back to where they are. Well, Mexico on paper and under treaty status uh, does not send asylum seekers back to their home countries. 
But Mexico has a 98% return rate on asylum seekers. And so though Mexico, in theory and on paper, does not send refugees back to their home country, in practice, 98% of them wind up going back to their home country. That is a problem. Now, how big a problem is it? This adds to the complicated mix of international law. The United States and Mexico, or the United States and Canada have a treaty that if someone goes to either one of these countries to seek asylum, um, those countries then recognize that that as the First Nation asylum-seeking venue, except if you go to the United States to seek asylum, but you have family that lives in Canada, the United States will safely transport you to Canada where you can seek asylum. If you land in Canada from overseas or come across the Arctic ice and get to Canada to seek asylum and you have refuge, you have family in the United States, Canada will safely transport you to the United States. Canada and the United States have been trying for years to get Mexico to sign the treaty so that Mexico would actually be one of these places as well. The Mexicans have refused. In 2018, President Trump said he would allow Mexico to be under uh, an American-designated First Nation asylum haven, meaning that the United States would say Mexico is a safe place for asylum seekers, therefore asylum seekers, uh, if they come to the United States, that's Second Nation, that's not First Nation, and therefore they will be returned to Mexico to seek asylum. The president of the United States said he would do this. The problem is that the president can't because there are American laws in place, and American law does not recognize Mexico as a First Nation asylum. Asylum haven. Uh, American law designates Mexico as a country that is in chaos, and because Mexico is designated as a country that is in chaos, uh, it can't be it, it can't be a First Nation asylum seeker location. Contrary to what the genius Chris on the radio wanted to say, that's why I didn't want to correct him on the radio because international law on its face seems very simple. But if you ever take an international law class in law school, as I did, and I bet Chris didn't, what you would discover is that international law is is uh, very, very shallow enough to wade into, and then suddenly you drowned. And that's what happens here. So for those of you who hear people on the radio, on Facebook, or likewise, mouthing off about Mexico's the first nation they get to, they should seek asylum there, uh, it's a little more complicated than that. Uh, in particular, the, the, the nugget is that Mexico repatriates 98% of people who seek asylum, and so the United Nations, the United States, Canada, and elsewhere don't really recognize it as a nation that uh, practices non-refoulement, even though Mexico claims to be a nation uh, that practices non-refoulement. That is, Mexico claims to be a nation that does not repatriate people. In practice, they do. Also, the U.S. State Department, under American law, has to show that Mexico can be a safe place for asylum seekers. And our very own State Department, presided over by President Donald J. Trump, his State Department refuses to do so. That complicates the matter. So uh, thank you, Chris, for opening the door for me to show people what an idiot you are and for insulting me when you were completely wrong. But it also gave us an entire segment on radio to build around your idiocy to correct the record and disabuse other people of following into your idiocy. Now, I want you people to know something important. And I say you people endearingly. I have turned on the radar because, you know, there could be rain in the area. And what do I see? clear air mode, which means they ain't worried about rain right now. So there's no reason to keep looking at it. The phone number here, 404-872-0750-1800-WSB-TALK. Uh, we have now 
the U.S. Customs and Border Protection Commissioner John Sanders is leaving. He was the designated guy because um, uh, Kevin McElhinney, the president, promoted him to be the Secretary of Homeland Security. So this guy, John Sanders, was left at border protection. That had been McElhinney's job. A lot of people wanted McElhinney to be fired. Uh, a lot of people saying he's the leaker who leaked that the president was doing ICE raids over the weekend. Nancy Pelosi says that she got the president to stop those ICE raids, appealing to him. Uh, one parent, one grandparent to another grandparent. He decided not to do them. Well, John Sanders is out. Uh, he is leaving. Uh, his, his voluntary resignation, essentially, he is is falling on his sword to say that the situation at the border is his fault. Now, here here's a, a nugget. You know, one of the things that the left has been saying, this is why, again, progressivism is the logic of an insane asylum. Progressives have been arguing that the kids in the detainment facilities are sleeping on floors and they're trying to get workers at Wayfair, you know, Wayfair, the home goods and and home bedding manufacturer. Uh, They're trying to get employees at Wayfair to walk out of their jobs. And the reason they're trying to get people at Wayfair to walk out on their jobs is because Wayfair is the company that makes the beds and bedding for the kids in the detainment facilities. But the left's been telling us they sleep on concrete floors. Well, why are they then boycotting Wayfair? Because it turns out that actually they don't sleep on concrete floors. They sleep in beds made by Wayfair with bed linens made by Wayfair. And so what the left is now doing is they are getting employees of Wayfair to walk out of their jobs. They're encouraging them to walk out of their jobs tomorrow to protest making the beds and bed linens for the children so that the children will what? Yes, have to go back to sleeping on concrete floors because the left is so compassionate. It turns out that they were wrong in their talking points. So now they've identified the bed manufacturers for punishment so that they can encourage kids or incentivize the government putting kids back on concrete floors by denying them the beds and bed linens. Except you know what the government's going to do? Those sneaky, sneaky bureaucrats, they're going to go find another company to provide the beds and bedding. I've been telling you guys for a while now about my Quip Electro Toothbrush, how much I like it. Yes, to answer your question, I actually have used it well before they started sponsoring this podcast or even my radio show. I like the Quip. I like the Quip because I bought one of those $99 fancy electric toothbrushes several years ago, and it was crap. I mean, it really was crap. Uh, the brush head was tiny, uh, but it was designed on such a head that was so big I couldn't get it to the back of my mouth. You had to ch- take a charger with it. It just it, it was a garbage, terrible design. And to pay $99 for something like that, and the Quip's only $25, and you can tell it was designed by designers. It is that great. Well, they've now got one for kids. It is the same great two-minute timer. It pulses every 30 seconds, so they can move around their mouth. They can brush just like a grown-up, but it's kid-size, kid-friendly, still well-designed by Denison Designers together. I cannot recommend the Quip enough. I have tried the super cheap $3 battery-powered ones at the grocery store. I've tried the $99 super expensive ones. Y'all, the Quip is the best toothbrush I've ever used. I hope it will be for you as well. I love it. Now, it starts at $25 if you go to getquip.com slash Eric right now. You'll even get your first brush head refill pack for free. What's that? Well, every three months you get a new brush head to keep your brush heads great. Uh, otherwise, they're 5 bucks. but you know what? Every three months you get it for 5 bucks. The first one, though, you get for free. Go to getquip.com. That's G-E-T-Q-U-I-P.com slash Eric.
Later this evening, Congressman Jody Heiss is going to join me. He'll also be at the Resurgent Gathering along with a whole bunch of other people. Uh, if you want to come to it, text ATLANTA to 345-345. Um, you'll get a link back. you got to click the link that you get back so that you can register. Uh, just texting won't do it. And don't forget, uh, we're, we're building, well, we're not building, Clark Howard is building a Habitat house this summer. It is a rare midsummer sweat session with Clark Howard. You can sweat to the oldies. He'll be our own little Richard Simmons out there, sweating to the oldies as you hammer nails with Clark Howard in Atlanta. He's got to have volunteers in all seriousness. Uh, Clark needs volunteers for this project. And if you are interested in volunteering, you and your family want to volunteer as, as a family summer uh, good project, build some character, build some strength, build a house. Go to WSPRadio.com and sign up. Uh, help Clark build a house for a uh, needy family, a worthwhile project. Uh, go to WSPRadio.com. Stephanie Grisham is going to be the new White House press secretary. Not only that, very interesting here, the president has decided she will also be the communications director. This is a role that had been bifurcated for some time. Bill Shine had been the communications director and um, after Hope Hicks. Uh, is Sarah Sanders the press secretary? The president's going to combine the roles of communications director and press secretary into this one job for Stephanie Grisham's. Uh, she is one of the very last people to have served on the president's campaign staff to uh, still be in the White House. She went from the campaign to managing the day-to-day press operations of Melania Trump, the first lady. And Melania Trump wants her to continue managing her press operations, so she will multitask. She'll be the communications director for the White House. She'll be the press secretary for the president of the United States and the press secretary for the first lady of the United States, which is actually kind of unusual, but then this White House tends to operate unusually. Um, so keep that in the back of your mind. Uh, by the way, so there, there's a there's a, a funny, funny story out there today. I, I find it funny. I have had so many people text me a link to this story and said, well, this explains everything. You know, David Ralston, the Speaker of the House, um, won't step down. Republicans, there's going to be a bloodbath next year uh, as Republicans have to deal with David Ralston. Um, the Democrats are coming for him. Well, it turns out Thrillist.com has done a uh, survey of the most, uh, the top 50 most gay-friendly places in states that Donald Trump won. And Atlanta and Savannah get honorable mentions in this in this survey. But you know the number one most gay-friendly place in the state of Georgia? Blue Ridge, Georgia, where the Speaker of the House is from. Now we know why he keeps killing Rifra. <laughs> I cannot tell you the number of people who have sent that story to me today. It was in the AJC, and I've been getting links today from members of the legislature, uh, lobbyists and the like. Have you seen this? This explains Ralston. <laughs> you know, so I have decided one of the things we're going to do, and, and I've dropped the ball on it, uh, but I, I, I have asked a friend of mine to design some attack ads. Um, I want you guys to hear what the Democrats are going to do because I've had several people now tell me, uh, Jim Jordan and some outside groups to take back the legislature. Uh, the Ralston matter is going to be a, a huge deal for them. They have done enough polling to know suburban women when they find out about the story are really upset about it and blame the Republicans for holding on to the guy. And they're going to be a wave of attack ads. So I, I, I've got some coming I want you to hear so you can understand what the Republicans are going to be up to and, and have to deal with. We'll get them out here later. When we come back, though, uh, Josh Youssef from Help the Persecuted is going to join me one more time this month to promote his nonprofit. 
All right, folks, you heard Bill Crane. You've heard the news team. If you're in the Decatur area, just just avoid Ponce and, and that whole area over there. We will keep our eye on the situation. Right now, uh, you know, every month I decided at the beginning of this month, this is our first time doing it, uh, so y'all can't make me look bad. You, you, have, to, you have to help. Uh, I want to designate a nonprofit every month that is a Georgia-based nonprofit and allow you guys to hear from them at the beginning of the month um, and then mention them throughout the month so that they're in your mind, so you know they're there, you can help them, you can donate. Uh, and this month, our designated nonprofit, the very first one we're doing is Help the Persecuted. Help the Persecuted is a Georgia-based nonprofit that helps uh, Christians, particularly in the Muslim world, but around the world, who are being persecuted. And the head of uh, Help the Persecuted is actually a friend of mine. We've been in seminary together. It is my friend Josh Youssef, who is joining me right now. Josh, how are you? Eric, I'm great. Good to hear your voice. So I just remind everyone about the work that you guys do. Just just fill everybody in on your work. Well, you know, Christians are the most persecuted people on the planet. You know, 245 million Christians are at, at risk of extreme persecution, primarily in the Middle East, North Africa. We see it in Central Asia as well uh, and into the broader Asia continent. But in the Middle East, North Africa, we're seeing uh, amazing things happening in terms of what, what ISIS has done. You know, ISIS displaced a large number of Christians across Iraq and Syria. The Christian population was at 1.5 million about 10 years ago. You're now at about 250,000 Christians. But what ISIS did in that was that they caused a lot of Muslims to ask the question, what do I believe? Is that what I believe? Do I believe what ISIS believes? And a lot of Muslims have come to faith in Christ. And those are the stories. Those are the, about 60 to 65 percent of the cases that we deal with on a regular basis that help the persecuted are people who have left Islam for Jesus. Uh, I was in Iraq recently, and actually I was in a nearby country where a, a young man had escaped Iraq. He came from one of the most prominent Muslim families in the region. And when I say prominent, I'm talking like bin Laden big. He came to Christ through a coworker because he began questioning his his upbringing, and his family chased him. They beat him. They repeatedly would chase him from town to town until he fled into another country. They actually chased him into that other country. This is his family doing it. His family. They, the, the cousins and the brothers took him to their mother, and the, they sat him in front of the mother, and the mother said, what is it that these Christians have given you that my money cannot buy you? And he said, Mom, they've given me peace. And he is in a safe house, one of our safe houses now, uh, living kind of in a, an assumed identity. We're trying to get him out of the region. Hmm. Wow. Well, it, another— and, go, ahead. go ahead, please. I'm just—these I, the, these stories, that they, they fascinate me, and it's just—I it, I think it's kind of an abstraction to people in this country that this sort of stuff actually happens, that you can be attacked like that for, for converting. Exactly. It's called civic death. So what happens is if somebody converts— and the family wants to cut off their ability to earn income, their ability to flee. So they take their passports, they take their driver's license, they take their ability to, they take all of their cash. And in some cases, they lock them up in rooms, they imprison them in their homes. And it's one thing to experience that at the hands of the state, but it's a, it's a whole other thing to experience that at the hands of your mother or your father. Wow. And we hear that all the time. I, I, there was a, a young man whose father repeatedly beat him and imprisoned him 
for his faith. Uh, he escaped Syria and was baptized. His father chased him into the into a neighboring country and tried to abduct his daughter. Wow. And he's now in a safe house in a neighboring country. Wow. Josh, let me ask you, when people donate to help the persecuted, can you just kind of describe what their money goes to helping? Exactly. The largest percentage of expenses for us is safe housing. It is providing a place for someone to live in in peace and safety where we minister to them, we counsel them, and they're finally, in many cases, they discover family for the first time, a Christian family. So they, they, they've turned their back on their earthly family for the sake of, of the gospel, for the sake of Jesus, and they come into these safe houses. That's our largest expense, followed by kind of other living expenses, uh, food, medication, uh, discipleship, ca- counseling. Those, those, those are the, the remaining uh, expenses that come in. But by and large, the largest expense for us is, is safe houses. And thanks to one of your loyal listeners uh, this month, for all people who support through WSB, through your text-to-give uh, number, this gentleman is matching dollar for dollar all WSB gifts uh, to help the persecuted for the month of June. That's fantastic. That Wow, that that's that's great to hear. So people have an added incentive. Listen, this is—I'm so glad— that I, I decided to do this, and that you were available when I texted you in the middle of the night, um, Sunday before the, before we went on air at the beginning of the month. Uh, I'm so glad you were available to do it, and and just what you do. I I know we've we've had several conversations in the past that you were going to do this, and and here you are doing it, and just what a ministry. I'm so grateful for you, Eric, and grateful for all your listeners. Well, Josh, thanks very much. Uh, I, I appreciate it, and, and safe travels to you as, as you go back into the Middle East and, and grow this nonprofit. Thanks very much. That's Josh Youssef uh, with Help the Persecuted. So now you heard it from him. Someone has stepped forward. A WSB listener has stepped forward. Uh, dollar for dollar, going to match you. Um, so uh, retroactively, the, the gifts we had, uh, what you're doing tonight, if you will help. Uh, this is the last week in June here. Uh, that we're going to be on air. And if you want to help help the persecuted, you, Josh has told you what your money's going for, uh, a great cause. Here's what you do. Text the letters WSB to 345-345. Text WSB to 345-345. You'll get a link back uh, to help the persecuted's donation page, and you can donate. Um, so text WSB to 345-345. You are helping a very, very worthy cause. And, you know, someone out there is matching you dollar for dollar. So you double the gift just by giving. It is Eric Erickson here, Atlanta's Evening News. At the bottom of the next hour, Congressman Jody Heiss has been touring the border, going to give us an update on what he saw down there, the detention facilities, the border crossings, uh, what the Border Patrol is dealing with. Uh, in the meantime, you can call in 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. And this is important. Uh, there is a matching donor out there. For those of you who are who want to give to help the persecuted, to help persecuted Christians around the world, uh, to fund their safe houses in the Middle East uh, and, and the like, you can text WSB to 345345. Uh, you will be helping them. There is a matching donor uh, who will match you dollar for dollar. So donate by texting WSB to 345345. Um, we got a lot of other news as well, obviously, to cover tonight. And I want to just give you a quick update. Governor Kemp is in 
South Korea. He is touring there and uh, not just touring per se, but meeting with businesses. You know, I talked to him before he left and he said he basically had dinners every single night there. Now, Korea is roughly 12 hours ahead of us. So, for example, it is 4.56 p.m. here in Atlanta. It That means it is 4.56 a.m. in the morning in South Korea or, or possibly 3.56 Um but basically, they're 12 hours ahead. They may be 11 hours ahead, but nonetheless, you get the point. Um, they are they are ahead of us. He should be asleep right now, although probably waking up because he's still on Georgia time and will be jet-lagged when he comes back. It's actually far easier when you head to the west. It is far easier to get used to the time difference. When you head east, it's always terrible. When I was a kid and we would fly back to Dubai, it would take me two weeks. But part of it will, willfully um, you go over there and, and it's nighttime there when it's been daytime here. So you're up all night. I would stay up all night and watch TV, uh, while everybody else was trying to get used to it. Cause we went back weeks before school started. Um, but they will be dealing with jet lag when they come back for sure. It looks like it's a productive trip though, meeting with lots of businesses there. Um, Stacey Abrams, meanwhile, the governor of Georgia is somewhere out of state on business. I suspect. <laughs> all right. When we come back, I got some audio I need to play for you. The Democrats have lost their minds. Uh, Jay Inslee, the governor of Washington state, uh, was asked on CNN what he would do about the refugee crisis at the border. And I got to play his audio. And and also, I got to find the audio. I forgot to tell Charlie to get it. Um, the woman on Anderson Cooper last night who claimed she was raped by Donald Trump. And when Anderson Cooper tells her it was a it, that rape is a violent act she corrects him and says no she thinks most people fantasize about it i mean honestly he was so stunned he had to go to commercial break i've been with anderson cooper and tripped him up before where he had to go to commercial break that is a story that will not be shared on air but nonetheless this woman it was crazy. Um, and the Judicial Crisis Network uh, coming out swinging against the Democrats. Some A new ad from them. We've got the audio targeting the crazy radicalism of the Democrats out there. And have you heard what Neil Gorsuch did yesterday? Wait till we come back. I'll tell you. Hello and welcome. It is Eric Erickson here. Atlanta's Evening News on WSB. The phone number is 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. Uh, very glad to have you with me this evening. I got to play this clip for you because it kind of, it blew Anderson Cooper's mind, that's for sure. Uh <laughs> So, Charlie, my producer, he, he he gets the audio for me. I'll send him links during the day and say, hey, can you get this? Can you get this? Can you get this? And he puts them in the in uh, Dropbox folder for me so I can get them and play them on air. And I, I see the clip. I, I got what I wanted, and it's labeled as just crazy woman. <laughs> this is the woman who claimed that um, President Trump raped her. 
in a Bergdorf Goodman restroom. Hey, by the way, that's one of my favorite stores in New York City. I, I am, I, I'm so I'm thinking of doing a father son trip to New York City next month because my ten year old's been dying to go and he's never been. And Bergdorf Goodman was was one of the stops I would take him to because I just I, I love going to that store. Uh, he loves Home Alone too. It's right across from the plaza. And, and now this woman claims Trump assaulted her, tried to rape her in there. Or something she says she won't file charges. I'm not making this up. I thought this was a joke. I thought it was the Onion. It's not. She actually said she won't file charges against the president uh, in solidarity with all of the people who are all the the migrant refugees trying to come into the country. There might have been a climate change statement in there as well. I, I, I was I was dumbfounded, and now she's gone on Anderson Cooper, and uh, the, the the file name says crazy woman. Let let's play it. You can hear it for yourself. I just say it's a fight. That way, I'm not the victim, right? I'm not the victim. You don't feel like a victim. I was not thrown on the ground and ravished, which the word rape carries so many sexual connotations. This was not this was not sexual. It just it it hurt. It just what it just, you know, I think most people think of rape as a I mean, it is a violent assault. It is not. I think most people think of rape as being sexy. Mm. Let's take a short break. Think of the fantasies. Mm. We're just going to take a quick break. <laughs> I think most people think of rape as sexy. She she even does air quotes sexy. People think of their fantasies. And Anderson, I know Anderson is one of the, and I realize that you, y- y'all are trained to hate him because he's mainstream media CNN. Um, and, and he is one of the nicest, nicest, funniest people. And I know the, hmm, hmm. When she says, I think people think a rape is sexy. Like, silence. And, then, hmm. <laughs> and that is Anderson Cooper's brain going, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, what do, what do I need? To, let's go to commercial. <laughs> she continues. They think of their fantasies. Cuckoo, cuckoo. Oh my. Listen, y'all, I, 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 there is something Republicans will have to account for in the future. Um, there are plenty of women who have come forward and said the president has behaved badly around them, done bad things to them. You saw the president on tape, the Access Hollywood tape, uh, grab them by, you know, um, and and you can say all day long, but Bill Clinton. And, and in politics, I, I get it, but Bill Clinton. Um, Bill Clinton did these things, and Democrats gave him a pass until it wasn't convenient. Because of Donald Trump, then they threw Bill Clinton under the bus. Um, Democrats were perfectly like Democrats were perfectly happy to uh, turn a blind eye now. Ralph Northam in Virginia, uh, dressing up as a member of the Klan, going in blackface in his yearbook, and and the lieutenant governor of Virginia uh, sexually assaulting women. They're perfectly fine to. They're all upset about Trump and Kavanaugh. But here's the thing: you don't need to. What about or or you too or you did it first with bad behavior? There there is something. It has to be addressed there. At the same time, I, I, I don't think that this is a woman with a great deal of credibility at this point in her claims. Um, and, of course, Democrats will amplify it. That's not to say there aren't people with credible claims, but I'm not sure that this woman in her 15 minutes of fame are what the Democrats should be hanging their hat on when they want credible claims against the president. 
now. At the bottom of the hour, Congressman Jody Heiss is coming uh, to the program to talk about what he saw at the border, other policy issues headed to Washington right now, though I've got to play you this audio because this just kind of shows you where the mind is of the Democrats right now. Uh, Jay Inslee, he is the governor of Washington, wants to be your president, wants to beat Donald Trump. His entire, entire platform is climate change. And I kid you not, he was on, well, you know what, I don't even want to tell you about it. I just You listen to this clip. This is Jay Inslee, the governor of Washington on CNN. We will uh, follow the law, which is to allow people to have asylum requests. We will provide humane treatment for them and not separate children from their parents, which is both inhumane and, I believe, illegal. We will also, importantly, confront the causes of this immigration, one of which is we have climate refugees now because the climate crisis is making Central America uninhabitable for large parts of people. And Donald Trump keeps calling this a climate hoax. We have climate refugees, and we have to help give a chance for those people to stay in their ancestral homeland. That's right. Uh, what would you do to help the, the refugees coming across the border, governor of Washington state? Well, climate change. They're climate refugees. This, this is a cult. Cult or, or a religion. Yeah, I, I noted last night, so I was listening to um, a modern rock station last night. I, if you listen to this program, I, I get this all the time with people. People said, oh, you, you must have some young guy who picture me. This is actually the music I listen to. Uh, a lot of, lot of alt rock. Um, very much like it. And was listening last night to an alt rock station and the... DJ was talking about the LGBTQ community, and I, I just fell out laughing. I really did. Um, you know, Christians, at least we had the Council of Nicaea to to finally work out the wording for our creed, and, and you can see the secular religion still working it out. First, it, it's, it's the LGB community, then it's the LGBT community, then it's the LGBTQ community. Some of them, it's the LGBTQIA community. Um, some of them, it's the LGBTQIAA community, uh, androgynous, asexual, um, uh, the, the I is for intersex, uh, the Q is for questioning, and, but there, there's a long list of letters you can add. Basically every letter of the alphabet stands for something. Uh, and it's just, it, it's trying to work out your, your creedal statements in real time in the public and, and the letters just keep, keep getting added to the creed. Uh, personally, I, I personally think that they've got a branding issue here. They should actually be the BLT and G community because who doesn't love BLTs? And so instead of LGBTQ, it's BLT and, and GQ. Hey, look, you got GQ. So fashionable bacon. It just, you, you, I mean, solve the problem right there. I mean, everyone would be in the streets in June with a rainbow flag if they rebranded that way, but they don't want to do it. That's fine. It's just it, it's it's the, this extra Q thing, and now you got the climate change stuff in there. Yeah, I mean Jay Inslee, what will you do about the the migrants? Well, we got to solve climate change to solve the migrant crisis. This is a governor of a state in the United States of America who actually believes that these refugees they, they're not fleeing MS-13, they're not fleeing gang violence, they're not fleeing corrupt governments, they're not fleeing all of these things out of the border. They're they're, they're climate refugees, in his words. They they're fleeing climate change. It takes some serious dogmatics in a religion to arrive at these answers. Uh, it is by faith Jay Inslee believes these things. And it is by faith he goes on TV and says them. Uh, the only difference between Christianity and, and the secular religion is that Christianity actually worships the God of all creation, and the progressive secular religion worships creation itself.
I've been telling you guys for a while now about my Quip Electro Toothbrush, how much I like it. Yes, to answer your question, I actually have used it well before they started sponsoring this podcast or even my radio show. I like the Quip. I like the Quip because I bought one of those $99 fancy electric toothbrushes several years ago, and it was crap. I mean, it really was crap. Uh, the brush head was tiny, uh, but it was designed on such a head that was so big I couldn't get it to the back of my mouth. You had to ch- take a charger with it. It just it, it was a garbage, terrible design. and pay $99 for something like that, and the Quip's only $25, and you can tell it was designed by designers. It is that great. Well, they've now got one for kids. It is the same great two-minute timer. It pulses every 30 seconds, so they can move around their mouth. They can brush just like a grown-up, but it's kid-sized, kid-friendly, still well-designed by Denison Designers together. I cannot recommend the Quip enough. I have tried the super cheap $3 battery-powered ones at the grocery store. I've tried the $99 super expensive ones. Y'all, the Quip is the best toothbrush I've ever used. I hope it will be for you as well. I love it. Now, it starts at $25 if you go to getquip.com slash Eric right now. You'll even get your first brush head refill pack for free. What's that? Well, every three months, you get a new brush head to keep your brush heads great. Uh, otherwise, they're 5 bucks. But you know what? Every three months, you get it for 5 bucks. The first one, though, you get for free. Go to getquip.com. That's G-E-T-Q-U-I-P.com slash Eric. Welcome, Eric Erickson here. Atlanta's Evening News on WSB. The phone number is 404-872-0750-1800. WSB Talk. Do not forget, you can text the letters WSB. Just make it one word, WSB, to the number 345-345. Make a donation. You'll get a link back. You can click it, make a donation to help the persecuted. They have a donor matching dollar for dollar, uh, the money raised. So do that today. Help a great, great nonprofit based right here in Georgia. Uh, let's go to the phones. Travis Fayetteville, you're going to be next. Welcome. Eric, how's it going? Great. How are you? Hey, great. Uh, appreciate you taking my call. Hey, I, I think that all Republican primary voters, since we're not going to have a, a competitive Republican primary in 2020, need to go vote for Elizabeth Warren. <laughs> Play in the Democratic primary. Um, oh, yeah, because aside from the fact that Trump would completely squash her, I think the entertainment value alone at the debates would be worth it. <laughs> Man, can you imagine? I mean, we could all be frozen just by the scowl on her face. <laughs> wow. You know, there is there is a danger there, though. In all seriousness, there is a danger of playing in the other side's primaries, as the Democrats found out. Remember, uh, towards the end of the uh, end of the primaries, Democrats were actively encouraging people uh, to go vote for Donald Trump in the primaries and because convinced there's no possible way he could beat Hillary Clinton. And, and look what happened. Uh, so you do have to be careful in that. Um, but, man, you know what? Actually, I, I think uh, who's the guy? Um, uh, Smallwell, Swalwell, Eric Swalwell, the, the California, we're guys, guys, we're, we're like, we're like the Avengers and, and they're like, they're like some other movie the, those, those, those nasty Republican guys, we're, 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 we're the cool Avenger guys. And I can't even remember what he compares to. It is, I mean, I, I look at the guy and I was like, are, are you a South Park character come to life? Uh, are, are you okay? Do, do you need an IQ test? I, there's just, um, yeah, I feel bad for the guy. He, he seems super happy to be wherever he is and super, super dumb. Um, wow. In any event, there are a lot of Democrats to pick from Elizabeth Warren though. 
her scowl alone, she is, uh, listen, y'all, I, I've told you before, and, and there's more polling out too, that uh, voters in Massachusetts don't like Elizabeth Warren. If her own voters don't like her, it, it's going to be real hard for the rest of the country to like her. They keep trying to make her happy, though, the media does. I, th- this headline, I'll have to remember to read it when we come back, uh, the headline from the New York Times about Elizabeth Warren. But when we do come back, Jody Heiss, congressman from here, uh, about what he's seen at the border. It is Eric Erickson here, Atlanta's Evening News. The phone number is 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. A number of Republicans have gone down to the border uh, and inspected uh, what's happening down there. My buddy Congressman Chip Roy from Texas was down there, and he went with Congressman Jody Heiss uh, from here in Georgia. Both of them are going to be at the Resurgent Gathering, uh, August 1st through the 4th here in Atlanta, along with a, a guy who's been elected by a college. Um, so you're going to want to come see all of them. And wanted to reach out to Congressman Heiss and see if he could uh, get on with me and talk about what's going on in Washington. And also uh, just kind of give us a general update uh, of what's happening at the border. Um, he is he's actually his office has him on hold right now and he is getting to the phone. Um, he is up in Washington, actually, uh, doing the Lord's work up there, battling the Democrats in the House. He's also taken on a leadership role in the uh, House in the House Freedom Caucus, which is fantastic. He's helping them with a new podcast, getting in up, getting it up for them uh, with House Freedom Caucus, and going around the country and helping promote the work of other members of the House Freedom Caucus, in addition to himself and. Uh, delighted to have him on and give him an update. Congressman Heiss, welcome to the program. How are you? Uh, doing great, Eric. Good to be with you. Now, Appreciate look, your patience. Oh, absolutely. No, yeah, look, happy to have you. And, and I was telling the, the listeners while we were getting you on here that you had been down at the border a few weeks ago, I know, with, with Congressman Roy and um, other members of Congress and saw what was going on down there and, and really wanted to get a, a firsthand take from you about what you saw. Oh, Eric, it was the most... Um, disturbing thing you know i knew going down there it was bad i've you know seen and heard and all that sort of stuff we've been keeping a pulse on it for a long long time and knew without a question it was a uh, uh, indeed a, an emergency crisis type situation but words cannot describe just how bad it is uh what we saw what we experienced the briefings we had uh, I mean, the cartels, Eric, are running everything on the entire border from California all the way across Texas. Uh, they are making in the ballpark of $82 million a week profit. And you, yeah, a week, $82 million, you compare that to like the Rio Grande sector on our side has a $13 million annual budget. I mean, we are outmanned. We are overrun. Uh, the, it, is, it is inexcusable for the border of the United States and America, the greatest country in the world, to be so open, so porous to human trafficking, human smuggling, drug smuggling. Uh, it, it is. It was unbelievably disturbing what I saw in a, a crisis of indescribable proportions. Good grief. Um, so, yeah, I, 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 so, Congressman, and for those who just tuned in, Congressman Heiss, 
uh, from here in Georgia, been down on the border. Now, I, I know I saw a headline today that some of the progressive Democrats are going to try to block legislation that might actually improve the situation of the detainment facilities, but Pelosi's going to override them. And I, 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 I don't know. It sounds like it's more spending in Washington. And I uh, just want to try to get your your take on the lay of the land up there with what y'all are dealing with. Yeah, I tell you, Eric, from what I, information I got just within uh, the last few moments, the Democrats are changing the supplemental bill that they're working on as we speak. Uh, but we don't know what those changes are going to consist of, what it's going to look at. But we are nonetheless being told that we are going to vote on it tonight. So yet again, we're going to be voting on a bill that has potentially enormous ramifications for our country, and we don't even know what we're going to be voting on at this point. But everything, uh, the bill before they started changing it, is uh, it, it really does not address any of the, the situations that need to be addressed. So is certainly nothing that I could support, and I don't believe the Republican Party as a whole could support it. Well, in that regard, Congressman, I mean, is there any, any – do you see any way forward? Because it, it, to some degree, it, it strikes me at this point that uh, all of the complaints about these detainment facilities and, and how refugees or asylum seekers or illegal immigrants are being treated, a lot of it, it – first of all, we know it happened in the Obama administration and they kept quiet. Uh, but it also is a humanitarian situation uh, with these kids down there and, and – the president I saw wants to is is buying beds and bedding from Wayfair, and the Democrats are trying to block him from being able to do that. Is, is there anything that can be done? And, and I guess the other what I'm really getting at is, is it sounds like the Democrats are are using the suffering down there as a political tool against you guys and not actually trying to fix it. Well, I mean, there's no question that's the case, and we all have to ask why. And we know the the why to this. They don't want to give the president any kind of victory. They don't want it to appear as though he cares for the humanitarian needs. They want to somehow uh, claim that moral high ground, which they are the ones standing in the way of us being able to address some of the humanitarian concerns. But if they give any victory to the president, they believe that increases his chance of reelect. And, you know, so it, it is just a sad circumstance that we're watching up here where the Democrats literally are opposing anything and everything that you and I and the vast majority of Americans would consider good for our country because they believe it would reflect positively towards the president. So they're just standing against everything right now. And what uh, what could be worse than trying to take care of an absolutely disastrous situation? We we you know we've got sectors. For example, the Rio Grande sector is equipped, if I remember correctly, to deal with about four thousand people. Well, they're dealing with like. 20,000 plus, and there's just nowhere to put these people. And it is absolutely, again, inexcusable that we have this kind of porous open border problem to begin with. But the fact that we do have it, uh, how to treat these people, we are simply not equipped, not prepared. Our border agents and the facilities we have down there were never intended to house this mass uh, outpouring. Uh, of of migrants who are coming into this country. And so we've got to deal with the problem. And yes, the Democrats are standing in the way with every inch of progress. Good grief. Well, listen, I appreciate the update. I, I know you've got votes and, and uh, sorry for the abridged nature uh, of this conversation, but I sure appreciate you checking in and, and stopping by. 
Always glad to do it, Eric. Thanks for all you do. Thank you very much. Congressman Jody Heiss from here in Georgia, uh, been down to the border. As he said, they have votes tonight. Uh, He doesn't even know what the Democrats plan to offer, um, but he knows it's not going to be a solution because the Democrats don't really want a solution. And and that's sad. Uh, But, you know, I, I do have to say, and Congressman Heiss, if he were still here, he would point out, because he's worked on this issue for a while, that his Republican leadership controlled Congress for two years with the president controlling the White House, and the Republican leaders didn't want a solution either. He did. He was been fighting for one the whole time. But the leaders of neither side have wanted to come up with one. That is good news. Folks, text Atlanta to 345-345 if you want a ticket to the Resurgent Gathering. You'll get a link back uh, to Eventbrite. Click uh, registered Congressman Heiss will be there, Congressman Roy. And also uh, text WSB to the same number, 345-345, to help help the persecuted. Great nonprofit. Got a matching donor if you give money today.